This is episode 79 of the Popcast. Welcome to the Popcast, a weekly podcast all about pop culture in three regular segments. We're your hosts, Josh and Maureen Goldman. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Popcast. We are coming at you a day later this week because we celebrated President's Day. This weekend, we had some visitors in town, Maureen's family. Mm-hmm. So we are celebrating our podcast date this week, one day late. Maureen, how was your long weekend? It was great. It was great to see my cousins and their sweet little kids, Caleb's second cousins, first mm-hmm. cousins once removed, whatever whatever the technical term is, they're Caleb's cousins. And it was great. They drove back early this morning to beat traffic, and we had a very relaxing day doing pretty much nothing we did a lot of laying around we did some stuff around the house today is monday by the way yeah we're recording josh did some errands but it was morning can i tell you something that's got me a little down lately what honey well it's february and it's been feeling like spring yeah i'm into it okay so here's the thing it's been cold but not snowy yeah that part's the worst and last week or like the past two weeks we've had rain almost every weekday and, and it's just, it's got me down. I just the, want, either I, want it to I, snow or I want it to be warm. I did feel like we were living in Seattle last week. It was very, like, not, no sun. It was just gray skies, rain for like seven days. And imagine if it had been cold enough, we would have had a ton of snow. That would have been fun. Would have been so fun. So maybe at some point we'll get snow, but I don't, I don't think so this winter. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen. I think it'll be a late one, like March. Oh gosh. We'll See, but that like time I'm ready for baseball and spring and summer. Don't give me snow in March. I don't like it. Honey, you can't be such a dictator. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. (laughs) Okay, Maureen, just two snack bag items this week. So last week, Maureen was a champ. She joined me on the Oscars show. I hope you guys enjoyed that. We had a lot of fun breaking down the show. But something that came out since we recorded was that the Oscars telecast was down to its low of all time just josh and i were watching it <laughs> <laughs> maybe by the end who knows it's kind of long three and a half hours no it was down to 23 million viewers which still seems like a ton but consider you know back 20 years ago it was 45 50 million viewers now what i want to ask you is based on people's habits of watching tv like most people don't have cable anymore or a lot of people don't have cable are you surprised that this number is down? I mean, people, they're making yeah, a big deal because we don't of have it. cable, but we still were able to watch it. Like all of the like live streaming services have it. And does DVR count if someone records it and then watches it? I think it? so. I think, I think they're counting. Counts. Yeah, I think so they're like, counting. Yeah. Given the way people are watching TV now, I still think that number should be higher. Yeah, it's, it's, it's bad for the Oscars because the Academy uses the advertising money that they make from the Oscars to pay for things like their museum that they advertise during the show. Maybe they should use some of the stars' exorbitant salaries. (laughs) To pay for their museum? Yeah. Like Brad Pitt, could you donate a couple mil? Maybe he has. Leo? Maybe he has. I just, I'm I'm curious, like, what what can they do to fix the show? Like, we talked last week, there was no host. Well, are the other award shows also going highest. This is the highest rated award show that there is. But I think people are just- Well, then I think it's more just people are over award shows. 
So you think just overall? Well, that's what I would want to look at the numbers for. I would want to say like, okay, the the Grammys and... The Grammys are low. The Tonys are very low. Yeah. The Golden Globes are relatively high. What about the Country Music Awards? No. I mean, nothing can touch the Oscars, but I just think that... And, and none of them are trending upwards. What I'm saying is I'd like to look at the traje- individual trajectories of each of the individual award shows and see, are they all going down in the same way? Well, I didn't prepare the Excel spreadsheet. I know. I'm just saying, if it's the kind of thing that like, look, award shows are just on the outs, then people need to get more creative and they need, they need to share the information in a different format if you had to pick one way to make the oscars a more entertaining show what would you do i don't know well you watch the whole thing so i think it would need to be completely reimagined so you're saying maybe just show some of the major awards and not the little awards are you saying yeah, make or it like shorter maybe an hour to get long? rid of the boring speeches like the sad part is that it, here's the thing people watch it because they want to see the really famous people make speeches right they don't want to see any of the behind the scenes people this is a vast generalization i'm sure if I you know one right. of the behind the scenes people you'd sure. be very happy to see them but like in general people don't want to watch that stuff they want right. to watch best actor best actress supporting best director best picture and that's pretty much it so like six major awards and everything else could be relegated to a pre-show or something like that yeah you know it's interesting because i think really if the oscars was an hour long you'd get a ton of people watching. But I think the fact that people feel like they have to dedicate three and a half hours and the major awards usually don't come until the end, that's a problem. Yeah, I agree. I think if it was an hour long and you gave the people what they wanted, which was the celebrities. People would be more likely to watch? Yeah. How about this idea? So there were nine Best Picture nominees this year. This is this is not my original idea. I've heard it pitched, but I want to get your your take on this. They have nine Best Picture nominees. What if throughout the show, they eliminated one at a time? So basically went from nine to one. So you would start with number nine and you would say... That wouldn't make me want to watch more. Right. But then there would be some intrigue at the end being like, we're just down to two films. Which one's going to win? Because one is number one and one is number two. Are they worried they're going to hurt people's feelings by being like, sorry, you were number nine? I mean, you're still a Best Picture nominee. Well, they've never ra- given away the rankings before. No, they, they haven't. I just feel I'm I'm just trying to think of things that they could do to to make it more interesting for I guess maybe that's just interesting for people who are into movies, but you, maybe your to your point, just make it shorter and and give us the celebrities. There's been a lot made about how some of the the categories that are the least liked by most people are the short film categories because no one knows who those people are typically, and there are three short film categories: there's short documentary, short live action, and short animated, and just saying. Give them awards, but maybe don't do it during the telecast. This year, the short animated got a lot of attention, though. No, I'm, I'm not saying that these are not good things. And and that one in particular, it was called Hair Love, which is on YouTube if you want to watch it. Mm-hmm. I also watched the, uh, the live action short, which is also on YouTube. I'll link them both in the show notes in case you're interested. You know, I feel like the, especially the Hair Love one, that had a lot of good things to say about you know, about representation in our world. And I was talking to a friend and, you know, we talk a lot about how representation matters for, you know, a young black girl to see herself represented in an animated film in a way that she has not been portrayed is huge. And that's super important. But I don't know, they're going to have to figure something out if they expect their viewership to go up. But I think the reason they like a three hour show is because they can sell more advertising. You know, they're still 
despite the fact that most people watch on DVR and a lot of people maybe are just watching clips on YouTube, they're still selling advertising, which is how they make their money. So they'll have to figure something out. I just thought it was interesting. You know, last year's Oscars were up to 29 million, which was a bump from the year before, but that was because there were some big movies in competition, like A Star is Born, like Black Panther, and people were interested in seeing those stars and those movies represented in an award show. It may also be that like some of the more popular movies, like um, Avengers Endgame. Yeah, or I mean, but it was a big deal that Black Panther was nominated for Best Picture last year because yeah. it was something that was a box office triumph as well as uh, artistic triumph. And yeah. a lot of times, what you see are like Best Picture nominees are like these off the beaten path movies that no one's really ever heard of. Not always, but no, I sometimes. think you're right. I think so generally I think that you're right. If if the Oscars started representing more of what was like mainstream or popular but I, I, you don't want to say that that's a criteria because then you're discounting all of these amazing artistic films that we might not otherwise be exposed to because they don't have a big advertising budget or right. whatever case in point parasite which this past weekend after the oscars made five and a half million dollars which is the most it had made at the box office since it was released like 20 weeks ago so i think you're right anyway let's move on to our next snack bag topic this is something i shared with maureen earlier this week i was very enthusiastic about it she did not seem to care quite as much but Disney Plus is rebooting a franchise from their past. They are rebooting the Mighty Ducks as a TV show, which is like, you know, the first time you hear that, you think, ah, do we really need those? Those movies are great, especially the first one and two were pretty good. Do we really need a TV show? You can show? go back to our podcast on the Mighty yeah, Ducks. Yeah, we, we did a critically pan on the Mighty Ducks. Don't let the critics tell you any differently. That movie is great. But they are rebooting the show. First, it was announced that Lauren Graham of Gilmore Girls fame and Parenthood fame, she's going to be in the show. And then they announced the big news. Emilio Estevez is back as Gordon, Gordon Bombay. Bombay. So I don't know what role he's going to play in the show. It sounds like he's going to be a regular on the show. But I mean, I'm going to watch, obviously. This, this is like Taylor made for me who grew up with the Mighty Ducks. Honey, I think it's Taylor made for 12 year olds. But I think I will watch too. <laughs> Don't yeah. you think I will be interested? Yeah. And people our age who grew up with the Mighty Ducks, don't, tell me your brother's going to list. I mean, he's going to watch. We'll see this if show. we can get a quote from my brother and sister-in-law who were on our Mighty Ducks episode sharing their opinions. Yeah, please send we'll in your you quotes. How you feel about the Mighty Ducks reboot? So you're not excited about this at all? I I will watch it, but I'm not like, oh will my gosh, you? I can't wait. I'm Come more on, this, excited about the Lizzie McGuire reboot. This meets all your criteria: uplifting, happy, you nostalgic. know, nostalgic. Yeah. yeah, it seems to meet all your criteria for something. I, I'm into it. I'm just not obsessed with it like you are. There was such a pause there I where know, you're trying I'm to like, think of something nice to say. No, I'm like, sure, I'll watch it, but I'm not going to be like counting down. Okay. I'm counting down. I know. I, I don't even tell. know when it comes out and I'm counting down. I've got a clock going. <laughs> All right, Maureen, let's move on to our premiere topic for this week. We first did this sort of a topic back in episode 66 that it was a title that Maureen came up with. It's called Pilot Review. And if you're not familiar, the first time we did this, we watched the pilot of Cheers and th this is like a little mini series we're doing within the podcast that we're going to do from time to time because Maureen and I are always looking for something new to watch together and we haven't found anything in a while that we both really like. So in this mini series, we're going to watch a popular TV show. We're going to watch the pilot of that, if, if, you know, that we've never seen. And then we're going to give our thoughts in a few categories and tell you whether we'd consider continuing on with the show. 
Okay, so first we watched Cheers. This time we were looking for a show that was on Netflix, and I came across this this show that I'd heard of but never seen an episode of. It's called Episodes, and it ran for five seasons and 41 episodes on Showtime. It premiered in 2011 and wrapped its fifth season in 2017. I guess the basic premise of the show is that there are these two screenwriters from England who get brought over to Los Angeles to sort of recreate their show for an American audience, and... I guess hilarity ensues from there. So the show stars, most famously, Matt LeBlanc. He's playing a fictionalized version of himself. It stars someone named Stephen Mangan and Tamson Grigg. And the show was created by David Crane and Jeffrey Cleric. David Crane, of course, was one of the creators of Friends. So that's probably why Matt LeBlanc was cast in this show. Okay, so Maureen, first question here. What are your overall impressions of the pilot? And then we're going to talk about the good, the bad, does it hold up, and whether we'd keep watching. Yeah. Oh. I was wildly underwhelmed. I, I think Josh laughed a couple times. Like, there was a couple of, like, laugh out loud moments, whereas I was like, this isn't funny. Like, it's supposed to be funny, and it's just I didn't find it funny. I found it, like, amusing. But, like, there is nothing that would make me compelled to watch episode two. Wow, you just gave away the last question, which oh. is, would you keep <laughs> Would you keep watching? I mean, like if you were like, hey, honey, do you want to watch this? And like we were just looking for something to do together. I would. But if I was by myself, I would choose something else. But what would you choose? We have nothing else to choose. I was thinking about this because can I just do like many spoilers right now? Sure. Let let me give my impressions first and then I'll let you go into why you're, you're not into this pilot. Okay. So I actually was a little on the edge at first. Like, I don't know if this is good. I don't know if this is bad. But as the pilot progressed, I thought it was pretty funny. And I'm kind of stingy when it comes to laughing in comedies. Like, for some reason, I just don't find a lot of comedies laugh out loud funny. And there were at least three or four times when I... Especially Saturday Night Live. He never Mm -hmm. laughs. Well, it's not funny. Go back to our episode on Saturday Night Live where I recounted the fact that I laughed one time in about the first hour of that. Anyway, I digress. I thought this one was actually pretty funny. I laughed out loud at least five or six times, which is unusual for me. I thought it was kind of clever. I'm not entirely sure where the show is going. And I was thinking about this, so I'll just give a little bit of what I thought was good. I thought the storyline was good of this idea of these these writers coming over from England to Los Angeles to try to recreate their show for an American audience. What I thought was good about that is that this is post The Office. So there's already this idea that this could work. This idea that you would bring a British show to the United States and try to make it work for an American audience. I think that's a great idea for like a sitcom. I think that there's a lot of opportunity to do humorous things, especially when you go behind the scenes of making a show. I thought the other thing that worked really well is that Matt LeBlanc is clearly the the name on the show. Like when they were pitching it, I'm sure to Showtime, they said, look, Matt LeBlanc is going to be the star of this. In the pilot, you see him for maybe 30 seconds and it's in this weird like flash forward scene. And what I like about the show, and at first I thought they're got to bring him back in this episode, but they don't, that you don't see him again. You just, you hear his name at the end that they're basically going to try to cast Matt LeBlanc as the lead character in this show. They're going to try to Americanize And I thought it was really good that they didn't bring him back because it kind of made you, it made me at least, want to watch the next episode because I'm curious to see what this fictionalized version of Matt LeBlanc is going to be like. Okay, Maureen, do you have anything good to say about the show? Mm. Okay. Okay, I guess we'll just skip to the bad. No, let me just, okay. You know what's not great on podcasts? Long pauses. I'm sorry. I'm trying to think about it in an articulate way. You don't have to be nice. They're not going to listen to this episode. I know. So here's here's my thing. 
I feel like I like again the premise. I like the premise is smart. The premise is funny. The two main a- the British actors. I'm not super into them. Like I, they're supposed to be a husband and wife team. There's like zero sexual chemistry between them. But like there's supposed to be sexual chemistry between them, and it's kind of weird that you know there just isn't. Um, they just kind of fall flat to me. And I especially do not like the the Hollywood producer guy Merck. The, yeah, like, he's, he's pretty bad. He's bad. He's not. He's supposed to be this like schmoozy, like he runs Hollywood, like whatever. He runs the studio. Everyone bows down to him. But like him and his cronies are kind of these caricatures that I just am not interested in. Like they're I get why they need to be funny, but they're not. They're really one dimensional, at least in the pilot. It's funny that you say that about the his like sort of supporting staff. Because I actually thought that their one dimensionality was funny about I thought that was one of the funny things about the show. Now, him as a character, because he's being set up to be like a main character, I don't like that. But but the other people, like he has an assistant who's supposed to be the head of talent. What was that girl the like who always had oh head of comedy and she's like totally deadpan she all the, the time? Only funny one. Yeah. And yeah. then so I, I thought some of that worked really well. I agree with you about the the two leads. I if they don't improve, it will make for a long 40 remaining episodes if I continue to watch this since it sounds like Maureen is not going to watch this but if they can improve and you can sort of like their characters more I feel like the show could be successful yeah okay anything else you want to say about the good or the bad of the show I just think pilots are hard and what I agree I, what I really want to say is like my takeaway is that this we for this specific podcast episode this week, we wa- we had like three different pilots we could choose from. And we, we kept being like, no, we, we tried to watch the pilot of Shameless, which we couldn't even get through. We like watched half an hour of it. And we were like, eh, I can walk away from this. Yeah. And it's not that it was bad quality. It's not that. I mean, I actually thought that one was better produced, better writing, better, better character, yeah. Yeah, better acting, better character development. But I just really didn't care about the story. That one's a little tough because, it's you know, m- it's about some pretty reprehensible people and in their choices but especially because there are like children involved doing kind of terrible things that you know as a parent of a young child it's like uh that makes me a little nervous for the future the content i think the content is is rough yeah yeah it was hard for us to like laugh at you know in the way that i think they wanted you to in the show we had also watched the magicians and we watched a couple episodes of that one, which was a recommendation from a friend of mine. And we didn't hate the pilot, but the pilot, again, was kind of like, I mean, some of the actors are not great. I think the premise of that one is really cool. It's kind of like a darker Harry Potter kind of thing. Like, it really does involve, you know, these people who are studying magic. And we watched maybe two episodes, three episodes, but neither of us have ever wanted to watch another one. Like, since then, yeah, we're like, hey, no. oh, we have some time to watch a show tonight. And that's what Josh and I are really looking for. Like when you have an hour or less that you, you know, on a weeknight or even a weekend where you're like, I just want to watch something with you that we're not binge watching like all of in a weekend or we're, you know, not like moving through. But it's more like you can savor it and enjoy it. Those are the it. days. But, Those are the days. <laughs> yeah, binge really. watching something in a whole weekend. Um, now, here's my next thought on this, which is more a take on like the the episodic pilot. I agree with you. They're really hard to do. Not even that. Uh oh. I think reality TV has ruined me. Oh, why? Because explain. Uh, well, so my cousin was here this weekend, and she was. This will be my teaser, so I'm just doing it now. But she was basically got hooked on watching Cheer on Netflix, which has been really popular. I'm sure many of you have seen the Saturday Night Live sketch on it. Which, if you watch a couple of episodes of Cheer and then watch the Saturday Night Live skit, it's really funny. I was never a cheerleader. I never really knew any cheerleaders. I have no connection to Cheer other than appreciating like the gymnastics 
side of it and the twirling in the air and all of the like really hard technical stunts. Um, but I have no context, no association. And by the time my cousin had a couple of these on in the background, like last night while we were talking, I would like I I needed to finish the episode the the episode today. I was like, you know, my son was napping, and I was like, I really need to watch the end of Cheer and like find out what happens to these people. What? I don't even care about these. Like this is this wasn't even something I chose to watch. But it's just very interesting to me as I was thinking about the pilot tonight, and we're watching it, and we're like ten minutes in, and I was a thousand percent bored. Like I could have easily walked away. But the reality TV, like hook you and then not let you go. Yeah, it's not even that. I'm trying to think of the formula is what the word I was looking mm-hmm. for. The formula that they all use, which like you know when you're watching it, like there's actually no real drama, right? The other show I like is The Bachelor. They're always like the most dramatic or whatever. They drag it out, drag it out, drag it out. And then you finally find out what happened and it wasn't that dramatic to begin with. But the formula that these reality TV producers use to like hook you and get you immediately invested in these people, I think it it works and it's changed the way that I connect to TV in a way that it's much harder for me to get involved and become dedicated to higher quality, you know, narrative content. I just think it's a very interesting thing that needs to be factored in. That's really fascinating because I hadn't thought about it like that, but I don't really watch as much, you know, reality TV in the same way that you were talking about, like that kind of reality TV, but one that we do watch is Survivor, and that does. It's the same, you know, they're on season 40 right now, and they've done the same thing for 40 seasons, and yet it's interesting to watch every season of the show, and it's because their formula works. And I, I, I've i just been trying to think, you know, what, I have not really found a show that I have just, like, really fallen in love with in so long, and I just don't know if we're going to find anything, like, especially network shows. I have not watched a network show that I've been well, interested some, in in a long time. Like, I like a million little things. It's not oh, your jam. Gosh. I think we should revisit This Is Us. We really fell off the bandwagon in the whole like Vietnam series yeah, we of episodes. Stopped. We had like 13 on our DVR when we moved. Yeah, and then they will have to find them somewhere. <laughs> they got wiped out. I'm wondering though about about something like a network show. Are we less interested because we have to wait a week? So, you know, if This Is Us was a Netflix show and we could watch one every night for no, a couple- I don't think so. Really? I don't. Because a million little things I'm willing to DVR and I'm very interested in watching them when they come out. So what season is that Even on? Modern Family, which is not the dramatic, you know, one. And that's been on for 10 seasons okay, now. Okay, so so take take a million little things, for example. Mm-hmm. How, what is it on season two? Yeah. Okay. Can you remember plot details from season one? Yes, but it's much more soap operatic and, and like... You could remember like major... Like if someone was, was to say, can you plot out on a piece of paper... I could not plot it linearly, but if someone was like, hey, do you remember that episode where so-and-so did so Yes, that's That's interesting because I was thinking about this. I One of my shows that I watch that's on, you know, as a network TV show is Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which is a comedy. I cannot, for the life of me, remember plot points from, it's, it's in its seventh season, I think. I can't remember plot points from last season. And I'm just thinking like, is that just a show that's worth watching if I can't remember anything about it? Like there are episodes of Parks and Rec, which I watched years ago that I can remember. There are episodes of The Office that we watched years ago that I can remember. And I'm wondering if... Do you think it's because it was before you were married, working full-time, or had children? <laughs> it's possible. Like, was it just in a different era It's, of it's your possible life? That, that there was just space in my brain at that point to maintain things. But I, I just feel like some things are just so throwaway now. 
every there's so much content that it just feels like nothing is out there that's sticking and i guess that's what makes and things really good special. when they do when they are special like we talked about parasite last week that's a movie that i've seen twice now and i could could recount the entire plot like it's that interesting and and different that it's something that is special yeah, but it took coming from an entirely different culture i don't know if that was necessary i mean yes it was a product of South Korea, but that wasn't the reason why I can remember it. It was just because it was a special kind of thing. Okay, we've really gone off on a tangent from episodes. I think it was an interesting tangent. So I guess uh, the last question here is, would you keep watching? And I think you said no. You're kind of not interested. I will maybe do one or two more, but that's only because I will want to be like spending quality time with you. If I was by myself, I would not watch any more of these. I think I will keep watching. I think let's give it another episode or two to see if we're if it gets better and if it doesn't then maybe i'll keep watching and you can drop off but i was interested enough at the end of the show to say i'm curious what matt leblanc's role in this is going to be to want to watch at least episode two which i think was a really clever thing by the the creators because they could have had him appear again in episode one the pilot but they didn't and i think that was a really smart choice all right maureen anything else on episodes before we move on. No, and I already gave my teaser, yeah, which was so, cheer, so maybe you should give yours. I will give my teaser, and I already mentioned it, but I'm going to just throw it out there. We did a whole episode of the podcast last year about how much I love the TV show Survivor. We did a whole like big topic on it. I'm going to recommend that if you're looking for something to watch that you're that that is entertaining, Survivor season 40, it's a huge season of the show. It's the biggest one they've ever done. It's called Winners at War. They brought back 20 winners from Survivor's past, and they are all competing for $2 million, which is a million dollars more than they normally award. It is the biggest cash prize in reality television show history. It's just so fascinating to watch some of these players. If, if, for example, you used to watch and then you dropped off, you'll recognize some of the faces because they brought back someone from as early as season three. Guys, Rob and Amber are back, more importantly. Yeah, so Rob first appeared, Boston Rob appeared in season four, and then they were both on season eight, which is All-Stars. Like, they're people way back, you know, 20 years ago. So if you used to watch... Now is a perfect time to get back into it. There's only been one episode. It premiered last Wednesday. Find it. It's so entertaining. I just think the season is going to be really good. The gameplay is like really high. And There's also a lot of like personal relationships and baggage from not being on the show, right? Because these are all people yeah. who have won. So they're part of the Survivor community. They do. A lot of them know each other. Like Survivor, you know, appearances. They do a lot of charity work, I yeah. think. Like they're they're like part of this culture and this you know world and have interacted with each other now and now they find themselves like competing with each other and i think it's like it's gonna be really cutthroat and i think that it's one of those things where they're doing a good job at least in the first episode of reminding you who these people were and how they sort of won their seasons it's fascinating i still think it's one of the most interesting shows in terms of social dynamics and it's really just a well-done show. It's well-edited. It's well-shot. It's, you know, the production is really high quality. I just think it's really good. So that's my pitch for Winners at War, season 40. Check it out. It's on CBS Wednesday nights at 8 o'clock. Maureen, anything else this week? Let us know if you have any pilots you oh like. Oh, my gosh. There was another pause. 
Normally, I cut those pauses oh, out, but on. <laughs> I just am going to leave all these in. Leave them all in. Everyone should know the speed at which my brain moves these days. Yes, I agree. Let us know if there is any pilots or any shows that you just think are just absolute bangers and you just, we have to watch. Only absolute bangers, everyone. I is don't even a, know what that means. But that's a yeah. term. Bangers? I think. And mash? A, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think it's a term that people use. If there are any shows out there that you just absolutely love. Bangers, guys. Yep. Bangers only. <laughs> Send us, send them our way and we will check them out maybe for a future episode of Pilot Review. All right, Maureen, thanks for joining me. Thanks for, thanks for our listeners. Talk to you soon. You can leave us feedback, comments, or questions on each episode by going to vernacularpodcast.com slash poppedcast. We would love to hear from you. You can also reach us by emailing thepoppedcast at vernacularpodcast.com. Please also subscribe, rate, and review our show on your podcast app of choice so you don't miss an episode. We'll be back next week, as always, sitting cross-legged on our bedroom floor with a brand new episode. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.